What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Fire Talk here with the It's Lit Reviews team. I am Jake, joined by Adam, Cole, Matt, Ron, and Aaron, and we have an absolutely packed agenda today. There's, you know, for once in a great while, there's been some actual movie news, new television shows, things coming out that we have to talk about today. Just want to see, uh, how's everybody's weekend? Everybody doing good? Fantastic. Terrible. <laughs> All right. Well, that was good. Gonna- I regret asking that question. So, Matt's Matt's banned from the podcast for the rest of the time here. So we're just wow, gonna have rude. to see what he says. Poor <laughs> Matt watched all of the content that we have on our agenda and is just like, this is absolute trash. So my weekend was terrible. Yeah, just because uh, I had a terrible weekend, I'm not allowed to talk. Man, rude. <laughs> yeah, I don't need that negativity in my life. <laughs> But no, I imagine like based on the content that actually came out, you should have had a pretty good weekend. This is there's some good stuff here. I mean, I was just at work all weekend, so. Oh, all right, that makes Thanks. sense then. All right, Matt, you're allowed to talk on the podcast again, then I suppose. Uh, <laughs> so first up on our agenda today, we're talking about Ratchet, the spinoff, not spinoff of American Horror Story. Uh, okay, it's not a spinoff of American Horror Story. It's just yet all. another Ryan Murphy show. <laughs> yeah. Ryan Murphy starring, uh, who's the actress there? Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson, who's in every season of American Horror Story. Uh, and the vibe is very much American Horror Story-esque. But I mean, sorry, it's not like American, American Horror Story. story. Yeah, the vibe is really... I think it's really... American Story than American Horror Story. Like, it's giving me a lot of um, the assassination of Gianni Versace vibes. Yeah, it's really just Ryan Murphy that you're equating with American Horror Story. Uh, And I mean, it is a very Ryan Murphy show. It's very stylish, very talented cast. uh, And I'm only about halfway through, but I assume it's going to completely blow up before the end. Mm Because that's what all Ryan Murphy shows do. I mean, I was anticipating that just from like the first two episodes that I saw. It's like, okay, things are going to just go wild here (laughs) eventually. Like things are, this is not a sane show is the uh, vibe I got to uh, It's also like, even even the good things aren't going well. (laughs) Like there's nothing (laughs) that's super great about anything that's happening. I don't know. It seems like everything's going, uh, I mean, in the episodes I've seen, so bear with me, I've only seen the two. Everything is pretty much going exactly the way Sarah Paulson's character wants. Nurse Ratchet is pretty much having her way with things. Uh, enjoy that point. while it lasts. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine. Yeah. I imagine it wasn't gonna go that smooth. I thought she was just a really good planner. Uh, I was. I was getting some very like uh, Sherlock Holmesy vibes with Moriarty, just thinking ten steps ahead with her yeah. level of planning in like the first couple episodes there. So. Uh, and there's definitely an element of that, but uh, things do not always go. Uh, as well as have to improvise. anyone would like. Yeah, she has, there, there have been times, she's still smarter than almost everybody in there, but she still has to improvise. You're um, saying things don't go well in the mental hospital? I don't believe that. Talk <laughs> <laughs> it <laughs> off. I, I do hear though that this is set up for like, it's supposed to set up for four seasons and then lead into another show of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So I that- hadn't heard that. Fine. Yeah, I love that idea. Yeah, so that's what that's what I read. I read it online, so take it for what it's worth. But so it's absolutely one hundred percent true. One hundred percent. No fake Probably news. Probably a direct nothing. quote from Abraham Lincoln, actually. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I got that on Wikipedia. But no, it is. Uh, it's supposed to be four seasons, and then it's supposed to lead into one flew over the cuckoo's nest, which makes some sense considering. That movie just came out of Netflix at the same time as the show. So, I mean, that would be convenient convenient timing there. 
convenient. I wonder if they're going to get uh, Nicholson to re- replay his part. You know, I mean, he's really old now, so probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't also, not entirely he's coherent enough to do it at this point. No, it's going to be one of the cute young white boys that Ryan Murphy is obsessed with. Yeah. Because there <laughs> <laughs> there's like 18 of them. And they can all play creepy really well, as, we've, yeah, as evidenced by American Horror Story. He'll just bring Darren Chris back again. That's my prediction. Strong possibility, actually. <laughs> I wouldn't be mad at that. Darren Chris is a great actor. So what do we like, what do we not like about the show so far, as you guys have been watching it? Um, I mean, I adore Sarah Paulson and basically everything she does. Even uh, though she's the ugliest crier I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I mean, I could watch an entire show that was literally just her, like, walking around in different period costumes and nothing happened. Uh, so uh, I'm really enjoying her in this show. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a fun role for her, I feel like. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's really off the wall. Like, she gets to do a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, she doesn't she play those roles very often good. either. Yeah, like, she's, she's yeah, and she's the, the, this, like, morally, very morally character. gray character. Um, uh, so I'm really enjoying that aspect of it for sure. Um, I think they're doing really cool stuff with it artistically too. Like very period, all the costuming is phenomenal, but they're also doing a lot with lighting. They're doing yeah, lighting a lighting and color. Music. For sure. Um, they're doing a yeah, it it almost feels like a very theatrical experience with the stuff that they're trying to do. Obviously it's not such a show and it's much more detailed and much more in depth than than you could do live, but I feel like in general, they're doing a lot of stuff with the aesthetic that they don't normally do in TV shows, the stuff that's kind of just like on the back burner. Um, one thing I will say for people who haven't watched it is it is not for the faint of heart. No. Um, and I think that <laughs> I was looking into it and like a lot of the stuff that they are doing as the <laughs> mental health, uh, quote, treatments um, are not far off from what people were actually having done to oh, them. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no that's, and yeah. they're going, like they're not glossing over anything without any spoilers. They're not glossing over any of the procedures that they used to actually put human beings through. Lobotomies. Um, I was going to say, hashtag lobotomies for life. Well, that and like the, they do stuff with like um, locking you in a different temperature baths and like, it's just really intense. Um, mm, yeah. You know, experimental LSD. You have that. Gonna, they're not shying away <laughs> yeah. from uh, shying, the brutality yeah. of mid-century mental health Mental care. health. The reason that mental health treatment even nowadays still has such a uh, a negative stigma. picture, a negative stigma. Thank you, Cole. That's exactly yeah. what I was looking for. Uh, I think the, the thing they were trying to clear, like or to cure, like you know, lesbianism. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just gonna put a hole in her brain, and then she'll stop thinking about girls. Like not that's not really how it works. That's well, I mean that does work mostly <laughs> because you just stop thinking about everything. About anything. <laughs> Listen, as one that has a hole in his skull, I just think about my wife all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, uh, you guys made a couple of good points there uh, before we move into the next topic here that I wanted to to highlight too. I think the theatrical side of it, you guys nailed. Uh, Bailey, as we were watching the first episode, actually said to me, she she asked like, "Wait, is this a movie or is this a show?" And I was like, "Oh, it's a show." And so I think there were some of those theatrical tones that even hit home for her. She probably couldn't, I don't know if she'd be able to like pinpoint what it was, but she was getting very distinct movie tones from it. Um, I think the thing about that though, that I don't care for is that it moves very slow. Um, 
I think there's a lot of detail, a lot of stuff that they are doing that is very cool and like you said, and kind of like uh, gruesome um, to give that depth of what this is really like. Uh, and to get, and to be fair, I'm only two episodes in, so like take that with a grain of salt. Uh, like I was gonna say, I think <laughs> I think your criticism that it's slow moving is uh, entirely invalid based on where I'm at and the things that have happened. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. It's brand new show and just like any brand new show it takes an episode or two to set up a lot of the character development that they can build on and i think that's that you're still stuck in that um i think you'll probably see a change in the next episode and then yeah. from there i mean it just... doesn't take a full season like breaking bad does then I'll be oh okay. jesus reasons why i still no, I just I, just I don't know why episode. people still say that. Breaking Bad had me hooked from the very opening it's scene. so slow. It's more stupid slow in that show. I really yes. don't understand. Uh, <laughs> anyway. You got me to watch it, and then I wanted to stop watching it. <laughs> yeah, Jake, I just finished episode five or six, I think, and there's stuff happening that I was not expecting to happen in the first season. So, <laughs> All right. So it gets pretty balls to the wall here as we as we get going. Fair enough. All I right, so say, I, I'll retract yeah. my criticism then to, to start. Go ahead, Cole. I was just going to go off of Aaron's point about the uh, set design and the costumes and things like that. It really reminded me of the show Hollywood that Netflix came out with this summer. Or also not this a summer, Ryan but Murphy show. Ryan Murphy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, honestly, like when I was seeing, I've only seen one episode and a couple of the like little things on YouTube, but at the same time, I was like, man, this just really hits on that feel that Hollywood had. It felt very realistic and kind of drew you into the moment and what was happening in the show. So I'm interested to continue watching it and uh, see if it does the same thing Hollywood did for me. I don't have an artistic way of saying this, but like also they're doing a lot with very vibrant color, which is a lot of fun for me. Uh, not so much for me. Colorblind. I was going to say some of our more colorblind people on the podcast may not enjoy that as much. <laughs> but it's something where like the, again, just art from a, not just like artistic in a movie sense, but artistic in a color palette sense, the the stuff they're doing with complementary colors and et cetera is very um, interesting. Very lots of bold choices. Interesting. Wish I could see colorfully to be able have to, to appreciate that. <laughs> we should get some money and buy you those glasses. <laughs> <laughs> sure, why not? Everyone, uh, go to GoFundMe.com. <laughs> <laughs> So a show that you don't have to be non-colorblind or color seeing, I suppose, to enjoy or maybe not enjoy, depending if you guys watch or not. Uh, Camp Cretaceous. It's the Jurassic World, I would say, kid-friendly spinoff uh, that Netflix came out with. Anybody get a chance to see that one? Uh, I have not watched it, but from what I've heard, it's not necessarily the most kid-friendly thing. <laughs> like It gets a little dark. So yeah, I, I heard this. It is thing. animated, right? Yes, it yeah. is yep. animated. Um, and I'm not a huge fan of the animation style of the show. I watched the whole season though, and that is exactly my thought. I watched the trailer and I was like, okay, this looks like it's gonna be a stupid like kitty version of like Jurassic Park, and it wasn't. It tells like a uh, a parallel story to Jurassic World with these campers who are kids that get this like behind the scenes experience for Jurassic World. And it is way more intense at times than I would have ever thought. Like, uh, Adam, this is not a show I would have Emma watch because she'd be jumping constantly. <laughs> like, 
There's some I, intensity I, to it. <laughs> I saw that in the trailers going, eh, no. <laughs> and here there's no, I mean, there's no blood though, but at the no. same time, I don't think it's really, you know, it's not Blue's Clues here, but the animation no. might look like it, but it's not Blue's Clues. <laughs> and you still hear people screaming and dying. Like it is, it is intense. <laughs> like they just don't show the actual act. Like that's all they cut out. <laughs> um, Jesus. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's got some obvious, uh, like, corniness to it, being like that it's directed for a younger audience. Like, there's some things that you're like, okay, yeah, this is some stupid humor, some stupid dialogue. But overall, I thought the story was was pretty solid, and you got to see some uh, some new dinosaurs that you don't see in the movie. Um, overall, worth a watch. It, it doesn't take very long. It's only eight episodes, 20 minutes long a piece. I mean, you're through it in two and a half hours. If you like dinosaurs and Jurassic World and all that, if you don't, don't watch it. You're not going to like it. Like, it's plain and simple. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so into the, into the movie side of things now. Uh, Netflix had two new ones released here recently. They had, uh, we had the first one starring Tom Holland, Devil All the Time. I didn't get a chance to watch this one. Uh, what did the group think, though, overall? Has anyone else but me seen it? I've seen clips, but I was not able to watch it this weekend. No, I, the only thing, I haven't had a chance to watch it. I loved the preview. It looks super intense. Um, but I did read an article from a dialect coach that said that the accents in it are, like, unreal. Huh. Like, um, the three of the accents, that they're really difficult to, like, nail. And they said that they were really impressed in the article I read. The thing I had a hard time about with the, even, like, the trailer is I don't fully understand what this movie's about. Um... I mean, even after watching it, it's hard to sum up what the movie is about. Uh, is that a good thing? <laughs> Sounds like no. <laughs> it's a, no, it's a, it, it was a good movie. It's just, it's hard to condense into like a, a summary. Uh, Corrupt creature, poison, small town. No, that, I wouldn't even say that's poison. really accurate. Uh, it's it's just that. like the there's almost this theme of like the destructive power of like obsession uh mm. um which centers a lot uh in this on religion um but there's there's a lot of aspects that go beyond that even um it's very very uh violent and lots of disturbing parts to it um incredibly well acted uh everyone in it is is doing really phenomenal work um and yeah like aaron was talking about the the accents it's it's set largely in this like small town in west virginia um so you have these like really thick deep appalachian accents um and and most of <laughs> i mean tom holland is british and he like nails this uh really obscure american dialect uh robert pats robert pattinson so uh, robert pattinson has been like the most controversial part of this movie because his accent is so different from everyone else in the movie um because it's this very like affected very unnatural way of like talking um mm. but it makes sense for the character that he's playing mm. um as Aaron said, like this corrupt small town preacher. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting movie. Uh, it's definitely not for everyone. Um, 
it's a very yeah i really don't know how to describe this movie <laughs> it's... <laughs> it's it's definitely a movie it's a, it definitely a, a well acted movie one uh, of those you can watch once be impressed by and be totally fine never seeing again yeah i mean it's horribly depressing so <laughs> oh, oh like i mean trust you by the sea <laughs> I mean, just lots of people dying and like, it's all sad and yeah. I have not seen it, but I've heard that Holland and Pattinson pretty much carry the whole movie. Like if it wasn't for their leading roles, it'd be a flop. Was that something that you would agree with? I don't know how to respond. What movie would you not say that about? (laughs) Without (laughs) the lead characters, this movie would be point. Like I, (laughs) I mean, there's some movies that you get a lot of good, like the whole supporting cast is like really good as well. And like, I think the whole cast in this movie is great. Now, Matt, as one that watches movies, but just hasn't gotten to this one quite yet. Since you can't pinpoint the plot summary of it. And I've seen videos of scenes and all that, but I'm like a part of me does not want to get into it. If it's like you, as I know you, Matt, who writes reviews and loves movies like crazy, if you can't get the plot point down because it's confusing or maybe, I don't know, it's convoluted. It's not even that it's confusing or convoluted. It's just, there's no like central, like this is the main like plot of this story. There's more than one storyline is what you're saying. And they all kind of take precedent at different points in time. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Got it. Uh, interesting. But it's, it's not at all hard to follow. Uh, Sounds exhausting. Especially with it being depressing and everybody dying all the time, too. Like, that <laughs> seems like a hard movie to get through. Not a rainy day movie. <laughs> I mean, it's not a movie that you're, like, sitting there, like, oh, my God, this movie is so long. Like, why is this dragging yeah. on and on and on? Like, it, 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 was, it, it was a good watch. It was just – it's a very – hard like i said hard movie to describe uh without like giving away stuff that's happening in the movie Mm. Uh, i mean it's got a great cast i just just on tom holland and robert pattinson alone i'm watching it because i want to see tom holland do other things and fly around with spiders (laughs) or being a spider being spider-man and i want to see robert pattinson do you know what spider-man does he does not fly around with spiders (laughs) i know i figured i'd get some pushback i didn't mean to say it like that with webs with spider webs um and then just robert pattinson i just i think robert pattinson if you can take he's got tremendous range he's he's really good at what he does i was gonna say who knew when he started out that oh yeah no one would have ever guessed all that crap But on the flip yeah. side of this one, a good rainy day movie is Enola Holmes. Uh, I don't know if anybody else got to watch this one, man. I know you saw Devil all the time, so I don't know if you got a chance to watch both of them. No, I haven't watched this one yet. No, but I I'm so it. excited for Enola Holmes. I'm so excited. I watched to watch it on Saturday. I, yeah. What'd you think, Cole? I, I really enjoyed it. I like how it uh, flipped the entire genre on its head. Um, to me, uh, and I've read some reviews from people that didn't like the fact that basically they, in, in most of these action romance comedy type deal, you see a leading man who runs the show. Mm-hmm. And instead now we have uh, a leading woman who runs the show and, and does all the cool things and the man needs saved, which I think is just really cool and progressive that Loved we it. as a society can get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. I, I thought it was quite enjoyable i love it when she breaks the fourth wall <laughs> at one point she's like, so what would you do in this situation and i'm <laughs> like uh that's great but um 
awesome. No, I love it. I mean, and uh, the one thing that, and I was watching it with my wife, the one thing my wife said, and I kind of agree, and I think it'd be really cool if Netflix did this, if they could make it a series. Oh, like, I, I think that's the like, plan. Okay, I was like, I feel like they could really make, I, we, as we talked about it afterwards, it really felt like a show where if you could dive in to the characters even deeper mm-hmm. and to some, some more storylines, I, I think it really could be a really good yeah, uh, I've, Netflix I've series. I've read that they're, that they're planning four more films. Yeah, I've seen multiple oh. things this weekend stating that like this is the start of a franchise. Oh, yeah, it makes a ton of sense. I think a uh, couple of the things that they did really well, and I think it, part of it, though, I wonder if it will be interesting enough to duplicate to Cole's point, like the breaking the fourth wall and how she's telling the story, like she's telling the story like as it's happening to the audience. And it's a really interesting way of, of going mm. about the movie. I wonder if it's more of a novelty thing where it was like, oh, that was cool because no, like it hasn't really been done that often before versus if it's going to be a series and they keep doing it that way, is it going to keep the same effect or is it going to kind of get old after a little while? We'll see. I mean, Mm. Deadpool's done it and he's had success in his movies, so I can't imagine why it wouldn't work moving forward here. Yeah. Uh, I really loved it, though, too. I thought thought the cast did really well. I was kind of taken aback at uh, how they flip Sherlock and um, Mycroft, though. Mycroft is like a super asshole in this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. where usually he's kind of a timid, more brotherly person and Sherlock's more the asshole. And they very much flipped those two characters in their role where Mycroft is a super asshole and Sherlock's actually like the one that's like, I care about this child, even just a little bit. Like they, they were trying to balance mm, it. He wasn't thought- like his super detective yet as much, or as much of a super detective as he has been in the past. I mean, in the in the uh, Benedict Cumberbatch version, Mycroft was an asshole. <laughs> an asshole, yeah. He's pretty regularly an asshole. Yeah. Just mostly I, I only s- to Sherlock. He's nice to everybody else. <laughs> I was saying, I guess that's the part that I was that I was missing. And in this one, like the only person he's nice to is Sherlock. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty cordial with Sherlock. He's really bad to Enola. Like, yeah, and their mother. There was like- a few times where I was just like. I, I would punch him if that was my uncle, like you're my brother. He'd yes. get punched in the face. So I don't know. I actually thought Henry Cavill did a pretty good. I mean, he didn't have an abundance of screen time, Agreed. but with what screen time he got, I thought he did very well with it and was a a great middle, I guess, middleman between Enola and Mycroft. Um, yes. He was the voice Who plays of reason. the mother? Does it matter? Uh, it is Helena Bottom Carter. Okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And she. I, I thought it was from like the brief glimpse you see in the preview. I was like, I swear that's her. Those cheekbones you'd know from space. But um, <laughs> I was just curious that, like, I haven't seen it yet. Does she, is she in it quite a bit? Because it sounds like this is really well casted as well. She is not in it as much as I was going to expect from the start. Yeah. Um, she me plays too. a very big role in it, but she herself is not on screen a whole lot. A lot of, I don't want to say what I was going to, never mind, I'm not going to ruin that. <laughs> Thanks. But, it, I mean, yeah, the premise I mean, is she that she's well. gone, the premise is that she's gone missing. And, missing, yeah. And then Ola I just has didn't to know find if they, her. like, how they covered that. My only, I think the only thing I can, I can critique in this movie is, and it, it wasn't something that I noticed particularly, or I did notice it, but it didn't rub me the wrong way. And I started reading some, some reviews online about it that other people were saying the same thing. It is a little heavy-handed uh, in terms of some of the commentary it's making around sexism, um, mm-hmm. especially for the time period that it was in. I think they're doing it to make a point, and that's part of the reason I think Mycroft is such the big asshole is they're really trying to like hit home this point of like women belong like in this 
in this role and that's it. Like they shouldn't be doing anything else. And they're very much going against like doing their best to say like, this is how people were feeling. This is the way we're taking this movie. We're going to show that that's wrong. And so I thought they did a good job, if not being a little heavy at times, but overall still didn't, like I said, didn't bother me in the movie. It didn't take away from the enjoyment. Definitely something that was noticeable though. I, I will say to that point, Jake, when I watched it, I was, I was thinking more like, so thinking of people in my life um, and Mycroft could be a very large group of people in my life who just are set in their ways. Don't want to mm-hmm. see a progressive, like things in life grow and things in life change. And mm-hmm. as we all know, like constantly change is constant and it's always happening. And then you've got, so you've got Mycroft on one side, you've got Millie Bobby Brown, Anola on the other side of it, who's trying to find herself within this world and figure out what's going on. And so, and she's a woman in this very uh, masculine world, I guess is the way to put it. Or Yeah. And then you've got. um, She's a smart, educated woman in a very masculine world who doesn't have an option to like explore any of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She is. Yeah. And then I would, so like, you've got these two left and right um, opposite sides of things. And then you've got Sherlock in the middle. Who's like, I don't want to ruin different scenes, but Sherlock will have conversations with both of them and try to get things to come together almost. And and almost like in my mind, I was like, I can think of three specific types of group of people in my life that fall into each one of those categories. And, and so to me, like, yes, I agree that they were a little heavy handed in a few things, but at the same time, they were playing out some very, I don't, I don't even know, a very relevant topics yeah, that are happening. Absolutely. And it was, I thought they did well. And I thought putting characters as those different, uh, different sides or different aspects of it. And then you as the audience to try to figure out, okay, where do I fall into this or which character? Um, I, I just, I thought it was done very well um, mm-hmm. by making those, uh, yeah, I liked it. That- yeah, that's a really interesting way of thinking about it, Cole. I hadn't thought about that uh, in that regard of how, how you as the audience would group yourself in with one of those three groups of like, no, I like things the way, like I want things to stay the way they are versus like the the indifference versus the no, we need change groups. And so it, that is a, it's a good point to make. Well, cool. Well, so that one is definitely a good rainy, a rainy day movie to be watching for those of you who uh, want something less depressing than uh, <laughs> Devil All the Time. Um, but both, uh, both from the sounds of, of, our, of our polling here are, are good movies. Uh, speaking of the next good thing to come from Netflix, hopefully, uh, Bly Manor released another trailer this week. And, yes. it, and it is starting to make more sense to me, first and foremost. The first trailer didn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, this one definitely does. And I think my favorite part of the new trailer is how they had uh, Home Sweet Home playing in the background very creepily from the piano. Uh, it was awesome. It was a very good tone overall for the, mo- for the movie and just the trailer as a whole. But wanted to get you guys' thoughts on the trailer and any takeaways you had. So I think, and I did not see the first trailer, but, um, and I'm also not a huge like horror movie person, but this looks interesting to me. I honestly think we saw the last scene of the entire show at the end of that trailer. I think that's the last scene of the show for this season. Ah, interesting. Like it's it that hand to me is because in the in the in the trailer it says those that are born here die here. And so in my mind I'm thinking, well the girl that and I, I haven't done any research on who characters are, but the girl that you see the hand on her thigh and you know on her hip and all that it's like the house trying to pull her back because she's in a completely different 
like they show all the Bly, uh, the Bly Manor pictures and the scenes and all that. And then she's in this uh, kitchen, whether that's the end of it. I think it's the end of the season, to be honest, but it also Cole's could be what time. brings her, what? I said, Cole's I mean, going theory time. He's pulling around here. He's I mean, I don't, have, I don't really know much about Bly Manor. So I just, I saw that and I was like, that's, that's pretty, huh. pretty interesting the way they ended that. But that was creepy sense. for sure. I mean, no matter what, it was creepy, period. So, I mean, it's doing its job. Mm-hmm. I didn't get a chance to get to the casting that closely before the podcast tonight, but I honestly thought a lot more of the people from season one were going to be in season two, and I did not get that vibe from the trailer. I just got, like, the main twins from the first movie seemed to be in the – or first movie, first season – um, the twins seem to be in the second, but I don't know. I hadn't had a chance to look. Does anybody know if more of the cast from season one is coming back? Or is it just those two? Uh, I don't think many of them are. I think it's, yeah, I don't I think think it's so. very distinctly its own. Like they're in the same season per, or the same like show series per se, but they're completely different. Right. Well, I thought they were going to do it very AHSE, where like it's uh, six, I see, I see. roughly six people in different roles in different seasons, and then sometimes that all come back, sometimes only some. Like that was the. That was the that was, was the impression I got after the first season when they were talking yeah. about. Huh. Wonder why they might have switched up the directions then? Because I did. I, yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot of overlap from season one to the other. I'm a. Uh, what I'm really curious. I'm curious to see how they go about making season two in relation to the story it's based on. Because the Haunting yeah. of Hill House is just like very loosely based on the book the same book by Shirley Jackson. Uh, so I'm curious to see where they, how they do it with this one. Cause I don't know, I don't know how you would do that with the turn of the screw. Uh, just because it's not, yeah, I just don't know. I'm curious. Can you tell us more about the turn of the screw, Matt? Uh, so the turn of the screw is uh, a horror, no- a horror novella written back in like the late 1800s, I think. Um, Quick, and it's a side a, question. What is a novella as opposed to like a novel or a uh, book? Shorter than a novel, longer than a short story. Okay, cool. Thank you. Uh, it tends to be in like the 20,000 to 40,000 word range. Um, Every day. Uh, and it's about this uh, young woman who gets hired to be the governess uh, for these two young children uh, whose pe- previous governess died uh, and their father is like off doing big business things and so he can't be bothered. Uh, and so she like comes to this house and creepy things start happening and she's pretty sure it's haunted. Uh, and yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm just curious to see, like I said, the first season was just like very loosely connected uh, and they were doing more of a like, this is what happens when people survive a haunted house story. Um, So I'm expecting them to do something with this one that's not just like a straight up depiction of this story. Uh, And I'm I'm just interested to see where that goes. Hmm. Yeah, it's got creepy children in it. So uh, that's like, (laughs) it's my number one. If it's got children in it and they look creepy, like I scared. Yep. Dakota Fanning terrified me for years. Mm-hmm. Still does. I mean, honestly. I, I mean, yeah, she still looks very much like she did like 20 years ago. So, I mean, there is that. <laughs> yeah. But 
as soon as you get like and then you have the dolls in there too like those are the two things like you get scary kids and dolls in the same movie like i are in the same show i'm i'm definitely gonna be creeped out to the to the extent um but i thought the second trailer at least gave us some much better direction on where the show is headed if not i mean they're never going to give you a good sense and everything you see is up for who knows what it could be in the show it might not even be in the show so it is what it is on those kind of fronts there but Last but certainly not least, had a, a couple pieces of relevant relevant news I want to share with everybody this week. I uh, don't know if everybody saw that like the best catchphrase of any show, in my opinion, is coming back to television, and that's uh, The Weakest Link. Uh, and it's going to oh, be hosted by Jane Lynch. So I expect better. I expect more from Jane Lynch. I don't know. <laughs> I, I love the idea of her saying, you are the weakest link. Goodbye. Like, <laughs> it's just great. She's gonna be a real bitch about it, and that's gonna be awesome. I don't know if you're not like a super serious British, no nonsense British lady. Why? <laughs> why are you hosting this show? Like, <laughs> I, I was surprised to honestly see. It why are we starting the show again? Is really yeah. Much. Yeah, I'm kind of with Aaron on this one. No, 100. percent I feel like that catchphrase. I feel like I've been asking this a lot lately, but who was asking for this? Like the pumpkin spice spaghettios. Who was asking for this? Pumpkin spice spaghettios. I feel like it's a whole other conversation we can. That sounds terrible. Kraft is legitimately releasing a pumpkin spice macaroni and cheese. No. To quote Michael Scott, no, God, no. Oh. Yeah, I mean, as a lover of pumpkin spice, that's just taking things too far. Yep. <laughs> as a lover of mac and cheese, I feel violated. <laughs> that's the Wisconsin that you're coming out. Is it, <laughs> I is just want to say it's better Wisconsin? than pumpkin spice. Oh, for sure, for sure. That's a different debate for a different day, though. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, so back to Jane. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, she's hosting uh, the return of the show, The Weakest Link. Uh, like we talked about, don't know who was really asking for it. I don't remember anything about the show pretty much aside from the catchphrase of when people got uh, kicked off, but you know, we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, on the other side of things, people have asked for, but it hasn't happened yet. Uh, Harold and Kumar are in rumors to have their fourth movie coming out here eight years after the third one. Um, I was never big into the movie, so I don't really have an opinion on this one. I mean, you were, uh, what, eight years old when the first one came out? <laughs> yeah. So. Not exactly targeted love, at you. <laughs> I love Harold and Kumar, but I don't think a fourth one is necessary at all, and I think the third one was terrible. I think that's why they probably have been dragging their feet for so long to even like consider making one, because they know that they don't need to. I think the yeah. only reason I, this movie is happening is because they saw how hyped everyone got about Bill and Ted 3. Yeah. Uh, that's and we're like, hey, very we can jump point. on that. It's it's a a shame point, I like both of those actors a lot. And they both, uh, um, that's Cal Penn, right? Cal Penn is yeah. one of them? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cal Penn, yep. Yeah, he's got a lot of other things going on right now. Um, he like, has his own, I don't know, internet news show where he tries to be relevant but um or tries to keep the news relevant i don't even know but i i just think he's super cool and he has done a lot of really cool stuff and i'm just not sure why we're I mean, reverting he, he dropped out of acting for like three years to go work for the white house like that's pretty cool yeah they they yeah. violently wrote him off house no spoilers other than violent um because he said he wanted to go work for the campaign and they were like well then i guess you're gone and they just wrote him off out of nowhere dang well, I think mm -hmm. 
I think the first year Wolf Gumar is a cult classic, and it's up there with like things like American Pie and such. And it's like every late teen should watch it. But I don't think that it's deserving of a fourth. I think the third one should have never happened either. But which one is Harold and Kumar? I don't know if the second. The first one's White Castle. The second one is Escape from Guantanamo Guantanamo Bay. Bay. And the third one is uh, Christmas, the Christmas one. I'm pretty sure until this. That's a lie. I've seen Harold and Kumar, the Christmas one. I'm pretty sure until uh, this was discussed as a topic for conversation today, I had no idea there were more than two Harold and Kumar movies. <laughs> but you're not missing out. So, I mean, the first one, I, I agree with Ron. The first one, I went and saw the first one in theaters because I was old enough. Um, Jake. <laughs> and then I went and had White Castle for the first time. Don't do that. I don't think you're the first person to do that. So. Yeah. Or the only person to do that. I mean, I was in college. It was just a college days. I want to know which people are actually keeping White Castle in business because they keep surviving. Donors. I love White Castle. White Castle is amazing. <laughs> uh, I, feel like, I feel like White Castle probably has the highest ratio of like stoned people to normal people eating there. Ooh. <laughs> like closely followed by Taco Bell. I was going to say, you probably get more normal yeah. people at Taco Bell, so I'll give you the ratio. You're probably right. Yeah, I'm talking ratios here. <laughs> hey, can I? Can and I, I think it's largely because of Harold and Kumar, actually. You sidetrack us around? Never. It, so I've been gone for a while, and two important things I want to bring up, especially against Matt. Have you guys <laughs> talked about here we go. the trailer and the um, WandaVision trailers? Because I totally want to get in Wait. on that for a second. Which was the first one? Because we talked yeah. about the WandaVision trailer last week. Yeah, I missed what you said as the first one, too. Did you guys talk about the new Mandalorian trailer, which I think looks phenomenal, by the way? Yeah, we You actually about like a new Star Wars thing? Yeah. Oh, my I, God. I, no, I've got to go on record and say this real quick one time, that the Mandalorian season two looks like it's going to be possibly the best thing that Disney has done with Star Wars. Whoa. I can't Whoa. Wow. Right, let's all fast forward to the beginning of November when Ron suddenly hates it. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I think he was talking good about the Mandalorian season one too, and he ended up hating that one. So, yeah, I, just, I had to go on record. I think it was amazing. WandaVision, I'm not too excited for, but he'll hate it because it won't have enough continuity for him because there's going to be different directors for the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we're we're all pretty much in agreement with you on on the WandaVision one, at least from the trailer. It it looks uh, hard to follow, and so we were kind of all. I mean, I'm excited for it. I mean, I think we're all excited and we're all going to watch it, but I don't think I'm, I'm nervous. It's not going to live up to Marvel standards. I think that what it is, is, I think that vision is in limbo and he's not like in heaven or hell. He's not like dead, but he's like dead. Ooh, That's I, I think you doing. should listen to last week's podcast. Yeah, I know. I'm just <laughs> yeah, <saying>. you should. <laughs> I'll add it to my list. Uh, so we, we definitely, we talked a lot about like the parallel, parallel universe theories there. Uh, I'm with you. I'm not overly impressed with the trailer. I, I am very excited for the season because I still think it's going to be great. Um, and I love uh, Paul Bettany and, and Elizabeth Olsen. So I love both their characters. So I think it's going to be good. Yeah, I didn't mean to like backtrack, but I had, to, I had to know what you guys thought. Yeah, well, old news. Listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and no holds barred from anybody here. Uh, <laughs> For those of you who are listening to the podcast, because Ron didn't, uh, make sure that you are <laughs> subscribing to the podcast on your favorite platform. Like us, uh, like us and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you are into debating different movie and TV show topics, uh, join our group on Facebook. 
Fire Talk by Its Lit Reviews. Uh, we look forward to having any opinions thrown out there that, that disagree with our own because we love to tell people how wrong they are. Uh, and if you have your own thoughts about the, the movies and the shows we've talked about today, feel free to hit us up in the DMs. We'd love to get your opinions. And until next time, enjoy your streaming.